Hello and welcome to Final Games, a podcast about the games that inspired us. Thank you for joining me, your host Liam Edwards, for the 85th episode of the show, and to once again cast of another delightful video game industry member to a deserted place. A deserted place where they can only take 8 games to play for the rest of their days. Joining me this week is an indie game creator and designer who designed one of 2018's most wonderful and unique video games. Originally from Philadelphia in the United States, my guest today is currently living and developing games in Canada. He's been developing games for over 10 years and has a wealth of experience from making all different types of games in Game Maker Studio, an engine after my very own heart. His most recent game though he describes as a game all about feelings. Inspired by his daunting 5,000 mile cross country trip where he cycled across America, starting in Philadelphia and finishing in San Francisco just days before giving a GDC talk about the trip and its correlation to his thoughts on video games. His new game Wonder Song is a delightful side-scrolling puzzle adventure game that incorporates colors and music in beautiful ways. It's an adventure all about a cute handsome bard who can sing his singing causes the environment and the world around him to react. Players can use the bard's singing abilities with the use of a very unique eight-way directional colored song wheel to solve puzzles, interact with NPCs, and to help stop the apocalypse. The game came to life via a Kickstarter back in 2016, where thanks to the generous backing of fans, the game smashed through its target intended goal to allow my guest and his small team to finish the game. Wondersong released in September of this year to rave reviews from both fans and critics alike, including being one of PC Gamer's highest ranked games of the year. It was one of the first Game Maker games to make it onto Switch, alongside giants of the indie space Undertale and Hyperlight Drifter. It's since been included on some media outlets Game of the Year lists, yes it's already that time of year, and due to the reaction of Wondersong and also the work my guest has achieved this year, earned him a spot on Forbes 30 under 30 list in the games category, which is an incredible achievement. I'm absolutely delighted to say that joining me today is the uh, the next unfortunate guest to be cast off to a deserted space with only eight games, is the incredible creator of Wonder Song, the lovely Mr. Greg Lobanoff, and I hope I pronounced that correctly, Greg. Good Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Greg, thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm not on a desert island. I'm safe in my kitchen um, with a computer and a beautiful sunny sky. And that was an awesome intro. Thank you very much. Oh, thank you so much for joining me. I'm glad everything was uh, in order and uh, in its place. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever sounded said... so cool. Oh, well, you come across as very cool. So I wouldn't worry about that too much. I was watching some of the talks you've done the other day. You, you seem like a very cool fellow. Fighting <laughs> <laughs> won't get you nowhere. But... But no matter how cool you are, Greg, I'm sorry, being safe in your kitchen is only temporary because we are going to be sending you to a deserted island today, or a deserted place, which we will talk about in a little bit. But you're going to be taking eight games with you that you have chosen, and uh, you are a man very much after my own heart, it seems. You make games in Game Maker, and you also have chosen eight incredibly cool games to take with you that I am very excited to talk about. So... What I first want to ask, Greg, before we uh, get ready to these eight games, I feel like it's appropriate that we talk a little bit about Wonder Song. I don't want to go too much into it. On Final Games, you know, it's more about the eight games than it is about your own. Um, but it has only been, you know, three or four months since you released Wonder Song. How has it been going? I don't want you to go too much into a postmortem right now. I imagine you're still sort of welling the feelings of the release. But how's it been going since September? Um, really well. Uh, I definitely, we, people like the game a lot. <laughs> um, yes, it than, seems they do. 
way more than I expected even, I think. Um, like, I, I was always, to me, I mean, Wanderslang is just such a strange kind of niche game with, like, there's not really other games out there that are like it, so there was just no way to know, like, there was just nothing to pre- compare to or know, like, just predict, like, what people are going to think about it or if anyone's going to like it. Yeah. And, my my stated goal always was just was always just that uh, you know if at least one person in the world like loves this game just like is crazy for it and like that's all I want you know just like one person to really connect with it and it felt like we got that like in a huge like way way more than one person got that reaction yes. from it after it came out <laughs> so I was really pleased by that yeah and and touched it's it's been a lot of um really just yeah touching a good word for it just a lot of really touching interactions with fans and players who just like you know, had such strong feelings about the game. Um, and I, that's, that's really humbling. <laughs> always, always humbling to get that kind of stuff. You hear that from people. So yeah, I, I, very positive is what I would say. It seems to be this game um, where you've not only sort of nailed having a very unique art style, so it distinctly stands out above everything else. You also have this character, the bard, who has so much character in him and like his little dances and the way his facial expressions are. He's a very simple looking character in terms of the shapes that he's built out of, but he has such life in him. Um, the only thing I can really think about is like Toon Link from Wind, Wind Waker, <laughs> like the facial expressions he has yeah. and, the, and the little movements considering he's silent. Uh, there's so much life in the bard and, and you have this unique art style. And on top of that, as someone who is a game di- designer myself, like you have this incredibly unique game mechanic that pivots the whole system and the whole world, which is the, the, the song wheel, which is such a clever mechanic and is so cool. Um, it seems like you had all these things just like line up to like absolutely nail the game. And I, I, I am not surprised at how the reaction is. That's that's awesome. Yeah, I guess you know. In retrospect, well, yeah, you play the game. You think it's good. I always thought the game was good, but you just, yeah, it's always hard. It's always hard to know. You just, you yeah. just never know, right? Yeah, you, you never know when you're when you're making games. You just have like no idea whether it's good or not. You just have to keep pushing through in the hope that your your gut feeling uh, is good. How, how I, I out of general interest for my own personal <laughs> my own personal interest in this how how did you sort of come up with that the song wheel itself like what was the sort of inspiration behind having that as the main mechanic and then the idea that that would affect like the whole world around the bard um my first thought um that led to that was just well, I was kind of curious if I could make a game controller into a musical instrument that was kind of like the first, just like, oh, I wonder what that would be like. How could that work? And I just kind of like, just played the controller in my hands without any screen or anything and kind of felt like, oh, you know, this the control stick feels like the most just like expressive little toy on this thing. And so, yeah. yeah. And then it was kind of like, just naturally from there, I was like, okay, well, let's say I use this to make music. How do I do that? And then I had like the radio wheel that you can make notes from. And I was like, hey, this is kind of cool. And I like plugged some sounds into it. So I had just like a gray screen with a rainbow circle and I could just like play notes out of it. And already, like right away, it was just like, this is a really fun music toy. Just like making, I can make little songs and it was like a little bit technical, but like kind of easy. You could just spin it around and it could make sounds and that was fun. And then just from there, I just, uh, I, 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 I have a very, I, I'm naturally inclined to do kind of like character focused things and storytelling things. So I think from there, I just started to have lots of ideas about just characters and, and the world and like what kind of character would like have this 
attached to them, I guess. And, and that, yeah, the rest of the game <laughs> kind of grew from there, you know, just piece by piece. Yeah, it's very... It's very much one of those games I feel like is in the vein of Nintendo's philosophy of having like one singular good mechanic and then building everything else out of that. Having that one system that pulls everything together and ties it all neatly in a nice little bow and then everything else just sort of spawns off that. Yeah. Yeah. I I find that it's really, really fun and natural to kind of think about games and build games that way. Um, And then, yeah, like making stories that kind of like fit that that as well so i think i think the story and character are a really big part of what kind of makes the game work together but yeah it all all came from like the way it plays first yeah which is really intriguing because sometimes it's so hard to mesh that that's that age-old uh difficulty in video games whereas story and good gameplay kind of don't go together like you have to make sacrifices for one to have a, a good vision of the other where it seems like wonder song has this really incredible mechanic and then has this really heartful and wonderful story. Uh, you sort of managed to get the two to meet in the middle, like have an agreement with each other where they could both be equally as good. I, <laughs> it's so, I, I, I get excited about Wonderswong for maybe other ways that people don't, because for me, as someone who uses Game Maker, seeing a game like Wondersong come out of using Game Maker to me is delightful because it just like reinforces the idea of what you can make with that yeah that tool that's 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 awesome yeah i, I love using game maker i i do have to say like um the, because the kind of game that it is like i've, I've heard that kind of reaction from a lot of uh, creative people not just because like you know oh, not because people use game maker and it's with game maker not or not only because of that but also just like yeah. people who are artists or musicians and, and they'll tell me like you know ah like this game just really reinvigorated my like you know desire to want to be creative and just like have fun and enjoy making things yeah. again like yeah <laughs> it just it just broke me out of like my shell or or just made me feel like good in a way that I had in a long time and made me want to like make something like that I don't know yeah <laughs> that that's really powerful to me too I I, I like I like that um, I don't know inspiring I can people. definitely imagine because it's it's not one of those games. It doesn't like. I imagine on like first look, some people would be like, "Oh, it's kind of like an art game." You know, we have a lot of art games these days, and you know, it's kind of like very colorful and unique. And uh, but there might not be too much substance to it, which can be the sort of pitfalls of some uh, you know artistic games that are released these days. They have to make the pitfalls or the sacrifice for going with the creative vision that they have. But no, Wonder Song is this really fun video game on top of it, and I feel like. You have gone and hit so many good notes with it, having across the board on all like storytelling and visual and of course music, like color and music is so important in that game and also gameplay mechanics on top of that. And the humor, just the the very Nintendo-esque humor that is in it with the bard and the way he reacts to everything and the, the conversations between him and the, the characters of the world. It's a it's a very good video game. To anyone who's anyone who's uh, listening now and has not had a chance to check it out yet, maybe over the Christmas holidays, that's what you should be doing. You should be pulling out the Nintendo Switch and uh, definitely downloading Wonder Song. I think it's a, a delightful, de- delightful game. Congratulations, Greg. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but I think it's about time that we sort of move on to you gushing about other people's games instead of me just gushing about yours. I'm excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> But the first game that we're going to talk about, we can both gush over, because this game I I just love talking about as much as any other video game out there. 
Um, so I feel like it's appropriate that we listen to some music from the first game. And let's, of course, dive straight into Greg's final games. So kicking things off incredibly strongly, Greg, you initially put down Smash Brothers. Now we've had a week. It is uh, officially as we're recording this. It's it's been a week since Super Smash Brothers Ultimate came out, developed by Bando Namkai and Nintendo and Sora Limited, Masahiro Sakurai's company. It's published, of course, by Nintendo. It's the greatest crossover event in history. Uh, it released on December seventh for the Nintendo Switch. Greg, is it is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate the Smash game that you want to take with yes, you? Yes, undoubtedly yes. Oh, excellent. So, Greg, please, the first game that you're going to be taking with you is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, uh, or Dairanto Special, as it's called here in Japan. Greg, why is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate going with you to the deserted place? Uh, well, it's fun as hell. <laughs> um, it's also, I think, of... of Maybe any game I can think of, the one that I can play for the longest uh, without getting tired of it. And, um, I mean, between all of them, uh, I mean, I, it seems like the newest one to me was the obvious choice because it just has the most like characters and stages in it. I really like yeah. just learning new characters and picking up things. It's also amazing. To, like, I, I was playing, like, Smash 4, like, a week ago before this one came out. And, like, I've been playing it since that one came out, like, five or six years ago. And it, I still was learning new things every time I played it with other people, like just new situations that come up, new interactions that happen and like things would just happen unexpectedly. And I don't know, it's just crazy to me. This game has so much depth and it's just so fun. And I, I admire it for so many reasons, just, just creatively. Like I, I love the character designs. I love the animations. I love how much personality is in all the characters. And there is a, so much personality, especially I, I feel like they've gone above and beyond with the new characters yeah. in this one. Yeah, they usually great. do an excellent job, but man, some of the some of the life that is in the new characters, like Incineroar, and like all the different animations that that cat daddy has, yeah, is crazy. Yeah, yeah, everything everything about Smash is just such a delight, <laughs> and and yeah, I, I play it like really like I I play too much. I'm one of those people who like I'm not really fun to play with for most people. It's hard for me to find people that are, like want to actually play with me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think if I was on a desert island, like this is a game that I could just like sit and play with forever. I actually, okay, I am curious about the rules. I, I thought about this a little bit too much. Um, when um, <laughs> You're my favorite type of guest. But so like, are there rules about like internet connection if I'm on like this desert okay. island? Okay. 
Yeah, so let's clarify the internet rules. You can have the internet, you can play online, but you can't have voice chat. Okay. You can't be giving away your location for rescue. We can't We can't have that. Okay. You, you're trapped in the deserted place. You can have the internet. I mean, let's be a little honest. Smash Online's internet has been eh, so, so, I liked it. so far. I've, I've, been, I've been having a good time with it, personally. Okay, I mean, okay. I've been I mean, playing nothing, like, nothing some local... Nothing playing in person. Nothing is playing in person. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. I've been playing games online with the quick play for my like Japan region and I get matched up against Japanese players and I tend to have like a pretty good time. But then when it comes to like playing against like uh, friends in the States or in Europe, it does suffer real bad. Oh, I'm, I see. Obviously, I, I, I'm asking too much. I'm asking, you know, to play against people across the world. But, you know, we have a lot of video games now that allow that to be possible. I feel like Smash is still got uh, like a little bit further to go to match that. Um, but it's it's pretty good. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't actually played with anyone outside of Canada, I don't think. So that's probably why I haven't noticed any, like, really serious issues. Oh, that's good. And yeah. I mean, the, what was the new update? 1.2? Like, that update fixed some problems with it as well. I think it just fixed, like, how your settings get carried over into the games. Because before it was, like, like even if you said 1v1, rules. you'd be in free-for-alls, and now that's not true anymore. Uh, oh, okay, okay. That's, that's what they fixed. Well, the latency is probably just as bad. What type of player are you? Are you like, uh, I don't care, I'll play like items and stock battle, uh, oh my time battle? Oh, no, 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 no. Are, stock are you... battle, 1v1, no items. I mean, of course. <laughs> I do really enjoy how in this new one, um, like the, 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 the stage hazards button is like amazing. And actually, uh, my, yes. my new favorite way to play is um, when I do like, when I do local games, is I'll do versus stock, 1v1. I do random stage selection with no with hazards off. And I have a really like carefully curated list of stages that I am okay to play with when hazards are off. And then I also have stage yeah. morph on by default with another with like another second random stage that it goes to. So I don't think about stage selection anymore. I just play with people. And the stage morph means that like you get there's just so much variety inside the games. And if you get if you end up on a random stage that like disfavors a player, then the stage morph makes sure that like there's always another one that you can fall back on. So it, it tends to regress to the mean. Um, I haven't. I haven't even tried Stage Morph yet. Oh, it's great. It's so fun. I ha I keep forgetting it's even a, an option. Like, I need to, it's in this advanced settings, right? Because it, yeah. it isn't like an option by default when you pick a stage. No. Like, you obviously have Omega, Battlefield, and then, you know, the normal standard. Yeah. Um, And I have played this game for like 40 hours in a <laughs> week. And I, I have not played the Stage Morph yet. I keep forgetting it's even a thing. Yeah, you should try it. It's really fun. Much like everything. <laughs> yeah. So, are you are you playing an old favorite character, or are you playing some of the new characters? Who are you liking? I I've been I've been rotating between like a dozen different people. Um, my favorite old ones that came back are Greninja. Uh, I got wait. I used to love Ike, and Ike is even better now. Um, Lucas, uh, Little Mac. Actually, yeah, Little Mac is like my number one. He was my favorite in the last game, and is still like he's even better in the new. Little one. Mac's so good. Oh my goodness, I love him so much. Um, and I'm trying to learn, I want to learn Pichu pretty badly. I really like, like, what I like about Little Mac and about Pichu is how they're such high-risk, high-reward characters, and they, they just do stuff that's so crazy that just doesn't even feel fair sometimes, but then they die so easily, and I don't know, like, when I lose as most characters, I feel kind of discouraged. Like, like I'm also trying to learn Pokemon Trainer, 
who I'm really interested in, but I just really don't think I can get a handle on on like his his style. And every time I lose his Pokemon trainer, I just kind of feel like ah, I don't I don't know. I just like, didn't get it. Like I don't know. I don't know how to advance with this character. But Pichu or Little Mac are characters who are like when I lose, it's like I don't know. The the, the way their their games go are just so like there's so much momentum to it. You either win by so much or you lose by so much. And yeah, I, I feel like I don't know. I, for me, they're like an encouraging puzzle almost. Like it's like, man, how do I make this character work? Like this is crazy. Like how, like this is a weird like thing to have to try to play with to fumble with to try to beat someone. <laughs> and I don't know. I find that interesting. <laughs> like like a single speed bike. That's how Little Mac feels to me. I really like that. He is. He's, he's just so. What I like about Little Mac is that you can punch someone off the side of the stage, and when they come back they'll try to go to the other side and you can just dash across the other side immediately and then punch him away <laughs> again. And it's just like playing tennis yeah. with him. I, I like, I like getting really up close and like, like doing like the the fast little quick hits. Cause he has like amazing like tilt. down tilt, up tilt, up tilt, up tilt. And now his, everything crumbles into his up special really well. Um, yeah. Oh man. And, and like, okay. Particularly like the, I really like the changes to shielding in the new game. I don't know how much you want to talk about um, <laughs> this stuff. We can go into it because shielding in this one feels a little more fair. Like you could just roll and roll and roll and roll and roll, like Limp Biscuit in uh, Smash Ball. Yeah, it was. You could just keep dodging for days. Whereas in this one, there is like like a buffer. There is like a slight buffer for you not to be able to do that now. Yeah, but you have like the the what the shield parry and the yes. the like perfectly timed stuff. Yeah. Yeah, to me the biggest thing, like when I when I played, I felt like in the previous game to play optimally, you know, like your your best chance was to kind of like block, wait, wait for the person to fuck up, then go in and then like get them, you know, like like oh you screwed up, now I got you. But in this game, yeah, I'm um, like shielding, like if if someone's hitting your shield and you try to come out of your shield to like respond to them, usually you'll just get hit in the face. Like it's actually it's so much slower now. So like being the person who's hitting the shield actually puts you at an advantage. Like you're like. You want to be putting pressure on people. You want to be aggression. You want to be like the first one to strike and that kind of thing. And all the characters move faster yeah. now, and the game is way more like gravitating that way. So for me, as like a little Mac P two idiot player, like that is such a dream come true. Like it's totally the game that I want to play. You know, like that's that's the stuff that I want to be in. <laughs> yeah. So I'm 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 loving it a lot. I'm crazy about it. Who of the new characters have you been playing? Um, I've been trying out Incineroar. Uh, I think Incineroar's so good. Yes, <laughs> I love his like little cheer animations a lot. And K. Roll is like obviously the best new one. Like just so yes. he's so he's one of the I think one of the few characters who's just as much fun to fight against as he is to like fight as you know. Like he does some things that are really silly, but I don't know. I, I always just have so much fun with him. He's so like it's. Ah. So much personality. So funny you say that. Yeah. Some of my friends who I've been playing against have just despised me playing him because really? he's such a pain. Like they're like just like throwing out the crown and then like shooting the like uh, blunderbuss and then like sucking players who come up near you and then throwing the crown out again. He's so good at like zoning people away and like standing his ground. I guess I've had friends who have banned me from playing <laughs> him. <laughs> I had that for a little bit for a long time. I wasn't able to use him. Um, when I first moved to Canada, but I guess I mean okay. I guess Cable does have a lot of cheesy stuff, but he's just so he's having so much fun when he does it. He is. And when I play against him, I just I can only love him because he just he's so charming. Like even when I when I lose to him, I'm just like ah, like you deserve it, Cable. You know, like it took you so long to get here. Like you need some wins. You know, 
I think that's great. <laughs> Incineroar is probably my new favorite. Yeah. He's probably... He's more difficult to play than King K. Rool. King K. Rool is a lot safer, but Incineroar, apart from that up B, which is pretty pretty bad. Well, it's um, great if you're attacking with it. Yes. It's amazing if you want to be aggressive, and if you land it, it feels so satisfying because it's so hard to like pinpoint accurately land that thing. But in terms of like recovery for the stage, like unless you're like level with the plane and using the side B to sort of get yourself back on. It's pretty difficult. But the side B, oh, the animations are so good. Yeah. Just like throwing them into it, like the ropes and just smashing them into the ground. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> He's wonderful. That cat is the best. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Who else is there? There's a lot of Echo Fighters. Uh, that was like a good like Oh, yeah. Actually, I'm using Daisy a bunch. Um, yeah, Daisy. Yeah, she's great. Is she that different? No, I think she's, from... I think she's exactly the same. I don't think there's a single difference. At least, not to my knowledge. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's too much of a difference. Chrom, I've played a, I've played a bit of Chrom. I don't tend to play the Fire Emblem characters too much, even though I do love Fire Emblem. But Chrom feels real nice. Yeah, I'm, I'm already like so invested in Ike and Mark that I just like I can't, I can't take these, these new ones on. There's just too many now. <laughs> and Chrom <laughs> just feels like a very slight, like added some salt to Roy or something. Like so similar. So I wasn't that excited about him. But he is pretty similar. He has his own standout bits, but yeah. he is he is pretty similar. Yeah, yeah. And then this is like Ridley, who I I don't like so much. Isabel, who I don't Ooh. understand yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really like Ridley actually. Really, I didn't think I would. Yeah, because I don't like Ridley's design whatsoever. <laughs> like I have to choose Mecha Ridley because like normal Ridley looks like a crispy potato chip. He's so disgusting to look at. I mean, so is Meta Ridley. Um, <laughs> They're all pretty ugly. In my opinion. They're all pretty ugly, but like Mecha Ridley is like less ugly. Sure, sure. <laughs> I, I feel I feel less bad when I win and then I have to look at the windscreen and Ridley's giant like body is is staring back at me. Um but I like Ridley. He's a bit annoying. Like that that uh his like charge B like projectile spam thing is pretty bad. Oh of course, as a huge fan of Castlevania, I am loving Richter and Simon. Cool. Yeah, I don't like them as much either. <laughs> okay. Oh, what? Yeah. We're canceling this podcast right uh, now. We're canceling this. <laughs> I, I I love Richter. I love Richter. He's like a faster version of Simon. Yeah. There's not much difference between them, but I do. I am, I, I'm loving Richter. I agree with Richter over Simon. Just just more, more as a, a player because I haven't I've been fighting against them more than been using them, and they okay. to fight against feel quite campy. Like, like what, in yes. a game where, like, the, the game shifted so far away from that, they feel like they're really kind of, like, pushing it the other direction. And I don't always love fighting them. I mean, like, just, they are they are so cool, though. Like, I'm, I'm you know, no no hate on the characters. Or There's a lot of detail that's gone into them. Yeah. There's a lot of love that you can feel. I, I feel with characters like K. Rule and, and Richter and Simon and even Ridley, we have this change in the mindset of how they design characters now because... Like, if you look at characters in the past, they were, as you said, like, a lot of, like, moving and, like, you know, take the Fire Emblem characters and Little Mac, for example, like, moving fast and, and getting up in people's faces and dealing a lot of damage and having a counter to to negate people, like, attacking you back. There's a lot of, like, moving and constantly having movement in the stage. There, there's been very rarely, like, characters who can, like, stand their ground a little bit and, like, try to take control 
uh, kind of like a more traditional fighting game. And I feel like K. Rool and Richter and Simon and uh, Ridley are a little bit like that. Yeah, yeah, actually, you're totally right. And Incineroar especially, too. Yeah, yes. But almost all of them. I do feel like, um, it's, I think it's interesting to think about, like, how much the order that they came to the game affects their design. Because I do feel like there's a really, there's a lot of pressure of like for any new character that comes in, it's like, they need to be the best at something. Like all, yes. all new characters, like they're, they're like, if you were to put them on some spectrum, it's like, they're the new like extreme. Like K is like the second heaviest now after Bowser or like Incineroar is the slowest runner, you know, like they're, they're, they're like, <laughs> and if, if Incineroar was like the 20th character instead of the 80th or whatever, I feel like he would have yeah. felt yeah. really, really different. But because he's coming in so late, it's like, they're finding like new and weirder niches to like squeeze these characters into, which I mean I think is great. Like I, I love I love like these min max characters. I love how extreme they are, and yeah, it, it, it's 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 so amazing, so amazing that there's 80 characters and every single one feels completely different. Like not just their animation and like the personality of the character, but playing with them, like they just have such a unique, specific style, and like and and so well executed, like and all all fun to play as too, you know. Yes, I, there are very rare, there's, it's very rare, because I tend to, like, when I'm playing with friends, I tend to, like, play on random sometimes, yeah. just because I'll be like, oh, I've gone through most of the characters I want to play, and I'm like, I'm kind of comfortable playing pretty much any of these characters, I'll just go on random, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that was fun. There are some characters that I don't want to get, like, I'm looking at you, Palutena, like, <laughs> I don't like Palutena. But she's so good now, um, she's so fast. She is super fast, but I just she, she just has a weird style of, of wanting people to be away from her, and then like her up tilt and up smash are like is super powerful, and so you want people to up in your face, and it's it's weird. There's like no balance with her, right? In in terms of how you're gonna play, yeah. I feel. Yeah, she's a bit weird. But yeah, no, most of the characters I love playing, like Inkling as well. Inkling uh, is yeah, I forgot about Inkling. so much fun. Yeah, totally. Yeah, they're actually one I've been using. Of the newest ones, of the new ones, probably one I've been using the most. Like the brand new ones, not Echo Fighters. Yeah. Yeah. Strange, like weird gameplay quirks, but does feel like more a traditional Smash Brothers character than any any of the new ones, I feel. Yeah, I think that's true. Oh. This game's so good. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's it's an easy choice to bring to a desert island. I mean, with, like, the World of Light mode, the Classic mode, the old game stuff, the online, there is so much content in that game as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I feel like, and like for every character that I right now feel like, ah, I just don't get them, like, whatever, you know, like, a desert island is exactly where, like, this is, this is what I would want to do, is just sit down and, like, learn every character and every move and, like, really figure them out and get good with everybody. And, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> That's create your own little deserted place database and have information on all of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's about time we step away from Smash, otherwise we would be here all day. Yeah. And uh, we have to send you on your way so you can actually play the game. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. And but you do have seven other backup games, just in case. <laughs> just in case, yeah. Just in case, just in case uh, you know, Smash is not good enough. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's let's jump into the next game and also let's talk about the deserted place and we're going to send you. Okay. So let's, so let's listen to some music from the next game and let's of course dive straight into it.
So before we jump into Greg's next game, we have to talk about the deserted place in, uh, deserted place in which we're going to send him. So Greg, you get the choice of the deserted place you're going to get sent to you. With the caveat that it has to be a place from video games. Mm. Now, it doesn't have to be deserted by design. It can be any place from video games, but it will be deserted. There'll be, like, no NPCs. There'll be, like, no nobody who can help you out. But if you choose a place that has, like, dangerous wildlife, maybe, like a, an actual deserted island, um, that will be there. So you have to put take that into consideration. Okay, well, uh, I th okay, it's actually been, it's been a little bit sticky for me with. So I don't want hundred percent remember if I I think the next game that we were gonna talk about is the game that I would want my place to be, actually. Um Okay. But I do need to know if if I was okay, if this was my deserted place, like would Pokemon still be there? Hmm. I've never thought about this. Do do Pokemon count as wild animals? I mean I, I would really like you to say yes on that one, because I would really love to live with all the Pokemon. <laughs> that, Pokemon seem more sentient than animals, though. Yeah, they're pretty smart. Like, you can talk to them and stuff. But, I mean, that's that's, yeah. what, that's what makes the place so good, too. Like, if I'm, if I'm picking without that, then I guess I'm just trying to pick, like, a really nice place, like, just with, like, good fruits and stuff and food and, and uh, beaches or something. Right? Oh, yeah, that's that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. So, I... So, so Pokemon wouldn't be there. Let's let's go and say they would be to start with, and then depending on how deep we get into the next conversation, and you basically slip up and prove to me that Pokemon are great and everything, then I'll I will take it all back. Dang it. Okay. All right. Well, then 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 yes, my place would be the Hoenn region from Pokemon. The Hoenn. Okay, so the Hoenn region from uh, uh, what is it? Generation uh, three, Generation three, Ruby and Sapphire. Three, yeah, yeah, the Generation three, Omega Ruby and uh, Alpha Sapphire, which is the remakes. Uh, which leads us right into the next game. Of course, it is uh, Pokemon uh, Omega Ruby that you've chosen, which is my favorite of these two as well. Uh, it's of course developed by Game Freak and published by the Pokemon Company, directed by Shigeru Omori, produced by Junichi Masuda and the team at Game Freak. Uh, it released uh, on the 3DS back in 2014. I can't believe it feels that long ago. Yep. It just, I, I played this game when I first moved to Japan, actually. Uh, and I spent a good amount of time, because I didn't have any games then. Uh, I just came over my 3DS and my Wii U for Smash. I bought, I bought my Wii U over to Japan just so I could continue to play Smash 4. Wow. Uh, but I also bought my 3DS. And I, one of the only games I had was Omega Ruby. And I played through all of that in my first, like two months here in Japan. Uh, it's such a it's such a wonderful game, and I kind of missed... Not missed. I don't want to say missed, because I played, I played Ruby and Sapphire, but I didn't have the fondness I, that I did with Gold and Silver as a kid. Mm. Gold and Silver are the ones that stick out to me more than anything, and Hot Gold and Soul Silver yeah. is, like, my favorite Pokemon game. Yes, I think but I agree with you on that one. But the time I had with... Omega Ruby is like one of my standout Pokemon memories in total. Um, so I love this game a lot the second time around. But you, you just said that you like Gold and Silver a lot. So why are you taking Omega Ruby, Greg? Um, well, I did a Google search because I said I thought about this too much. I did a Google search and I looked up which Pokemon games have the most Pokemon available in them. 
And the number uh, one, ah. yeah, the number one with most Pokemon was actually, I think, X or uh, uh, one of the, or yeah, I think it was X and Y won some permutation. Yeah, I, I think X and Y have all like 700. Yeah, but the caveat, well, the issue is that, so most of the Pokemon that you can get in those, the reason why it's the most is because you get them in some place called the Friend Safari, which is based on having friend codes. And I wasn't sure what the internet rules were going to be on the island, so I was worried that I wouldn't be able to have friend codes to generate friend safari things. Yeah, and also even if you had the internet, getting those friend codes, considering you can't talk to anyone, and Nintendo's online for the 3DS sucks. So yeah. that would be di- that would be pretty difficult. Yeah, so it was a pretty big risk. And also, X and Y blow, in my opinion. Sorry. But <laughs> Ooh, I like X and Y. They're pretty cool. I think they're okay. I think they're okay. But I mean, Pokemon is so they're many good okay. games. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, I agree that Heart... I think Heart, Gold, and Soul Silver probably still are the best ones. But for me, Ruby and Sapphire actually were the ones like I feel the most nostalgia for. Like I love that region. I love the Pokemon designs. And I love the music from those games the most. And so Omega Ruby had the second largest collection of Pokemon in it. And it had the Hoenn region in it. So I kind of figured, like, if I was going to bring one Pokemon game with me, I probably would bring that one. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Good, good, good. Okay, best okay. Best of ones I like and, and, yeah, number that I can probably... There's good reasoning. There's good... Yeah, there's good reasoning overall. Uh, that game also is, like, the the next one to have, like, full-on 3D battles, and you can dress up... Pi- you could dress up Pikachu in that game before Let's Go and all that kind of thing. Right, right. Um, I really liked Omega Ruby. yeah. And you still have, like, the Mega Revolutions, which is, a, like, a neat little addition. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of, like, fun little details and stuff in it. And it has um, a really... Oh, this is the other thing I was looking up. It has a really solid battle tower as well. So I was worried about... Um, like, that's that's what I would actually be doing most of the time if I was playing a Pokemon game on, like, a deserted island. Is like, you know, you beat the main quest in, like, a day or something. And then the rest of it is going <laughs> to be, <day>. like... <laughs> You know, I'll be, like, breeding Pokemon, I'll be trying to, like, train them up with, like, right IVs and, and get breeding moves yeah. on them, and then, like, and all that would be going towards the Battle Tower, I guess, in theory, because, yeah, again, I wasn't sure what the internet rules, apparently I can play online with other people, so that's good, although the online for that game probably be pretty dead, like, already, <laughs> especially... I don't know, it sold, like, it sold, like, 13 or 14 million copies, I imagine there's some, like, Japanese children who are still playing it. Okay, yeah, so they're out there. But, you know, Japanese children aren't good enough for me. I need, like, I need some serious opponents. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love the Battle Tower in Pokemon, so I would, I think I'd be pretty satisfied by that for a long time. Okay, okay. So, let's get into the, the reasoning, though. Of course, you've chosen a Pokemon game, but why a Pokemon game? Oh, well, Pokemon's great. <laughs> um, I, 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 I grew up playing it. I think that, like, I find those games really... Um, what I love about Pokemon actually the most is how expressive it is. I guess this is something I really like about Smash too in different ways. But like Pokemon is like a game where you get to kind of like really envision yourself in a world. I think it's also why like the world of the game is so enticing to me. Like why I would pick it as like my desert island location. Because so much of like the game invites you to kind of put yourself in this world and see yourself in it. And every choice you make in Pokemon is really about choosing things about yourself. It's like which Pokemon do I want to use? Like, like who represents me? Like, who is like me? Who are my Pokemon, you know? And then, and then yeah. all, every Pokemon is all about, like, their individual characteristics. Like, what are my Pokemon like? What are their natures? What are the moves that they use, you know? Like, how do I use them? And, and those are the aspects of Pokemon that I love the most. <laughs> and I have loved, like, forever. And I just love um, 
I love battling, I think, more than catching. I'm not actually much of a collector. I really, really, really love the strategy in Pokemon. I used to do, like, competitive online Pokemon battle stuff. They have There's, like, there's, like online battle sims for them, and I just think it's great fun. It's it's a really, really, really deep game with just so much interesting strategy, and, yeah, and, and, and like, that, that capacity to express yourself really follows through into, like, the battle system as well. Even at the highest level... Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of great examples from like world championships recently. Like a lot of the players who won um, world championships in the last couple of years were using Pokemon that no one expected, that like had never been used before. And that's because like every Pokemon, every single Pokemon has their own little niche, like some weird thing they can do that that no one else can do, and that gives every one of them like some special value and place on a team. You know, it's all about like how you want to build around them. So yeah, I just love like I love thinking about that. I love the strategy. I love battling, and I love building things i love like designing my pokemon and <laughs> my team and yeah i just everything about it just really i mean it's just yeah so 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 personally like important to me so you're very much one of those people who feels like the pokemon battle system because so many people complain that you know it's not evolved beyond the you know 20 years of history for that it's like the core gameplay has always been there you're very much in that if it ain't broken, don't fix it kind of thing. Like, that battle system is already pretty great as it is. Yeah, I, I don't see... I don't think anything really fundamental has changed with it. If anything, whenever they add new stuff, like the uh, the Z-moves or, like, Mega Evolution, I'm always a little bit skeptical or suspicious that it's going to, like, ruin it. But so far, it's been, it's been pretty solid. I mean, like, to anyone who's playing... Like, if you're playing the main series, like, if you're just beating the Elite Four or whatever, then, yeah, like, they're all identical. And it's not just the battle system. It's, like, the story and stuff. And I, I have a lot of thoughts <laughs> about that <laughs> um but as far as the, the core battle system i mean i don't see why anything about it really has to change like it it's still really expressive and when you're playing at the highest level every new generation of pokemon adds a lot of color to it like things change really dramatically pokemon that like were the kings of the you know king, kings of the the competitive scene like in the last generation just become crap in the new one New ones that can do crazy new stuff that we've never seen before that become really interesting or even necessary to use or compete against. Like, I don't know. Yeah, at, at the high levels, it feels like it's always changing. Um, yeah, it's just because there's so much detail, there's so much stuff. And, and people always find, like, a new weird thing you can do with some Pokemon that no one cared about. And suddenly it's like the entire game just shifts or goes on top, you know, like flips on its head because it's like, oh, my God. Well, yeah, like, yeah this, is, like, this, is, this is you have to do this now. You have to think about this now. That kind of stuff. So, do you, as a game designer, do you have any ideas towards uh, how the Pokemon sort of games can move forward? Like we've seen with Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Eevee that they've sort of, although when I started out playing those games, I didn't really like them very much. Um, but now, like I'm like 20 hours into it, I'm actually really enjoying them. And I feel like the changes they've made in the long run are going to be better for the series. Yeah. Oh, I don't, know. I don't know how you feel about that. I feel like they're completely but, fucking brilliant. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. yeah. No. Like the the more you move through that game, I feel like the more those changes make sense yeah. to you as a player. They make so much sense. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and like it's weird because these games sort of reinforce the idea of catching lots of Pokemon, and I don't really like that myself. Like for me, it's like once I have one Growlithe, I don't need another Growlithe. Right. Unless, unless I'm like doing like EVs, uh, uh, like and, and breeding and stuff like that. I don't. I don't need another one. So like once I've got one, I'm okay with that. Which means like, as I've played through like that game, 
all my Pokemon have stayed at a fairly consistent level. They're not, like, massively over-leveled like they would be in prior games, because I'd be, like, just going through wild random encounters to try and catch the Pokemon I want. Whereas now I can, like, physically see on the screen the Pokemon that are there for me to catch. And if there are no Pokemon that I want to catch or or Pokemon that I don't already have, then I just ignore them. And I continue on with the story. Which means, like, as I play the game... All my Pokemon are, like, the same level as the trainers. Yeah. Which means every battle I've had has been, like, a fun sort of challenging experience. Yeah. For the first time ever. <laughs> yeah. it's. I, I was really... Un- like, so many things about it surprised me. Before I played it, I totally thought I was going to hate it, actually. Because, yeah, as someone who cares really deeply about Pokemon and, like, the battle system and all those mechanics... Like, to me, it seemed very much like, okay, this is a bullshit, you know, Pokemon... Like, a, like a Pokemon Go, cash in... Like, get these players who are playing on mobile to get, like, a console game, you know, like, yeah. it's going to be crap, it's going to be pandering, it's not going to be fun for, like, me, who cares so much about it. But, um, no, I mean, everything that I said before about, like, what I think makes Pokemon good, I think that these games actually, everything change they, every change they made, like, accentuates that, that, that aspect of it. Like, everything now is opt-in, everything is, is freedom of choice, it's like, you catch a Pokemon, you can name it right there, you can change its name anytime. You can change, like, which Pokemon are in your box or in your party at any time. And, like, yeah, like, when you see Pokemon in the wild, you choose which ones you want to go for. And if you don't want to go for them, then you don't fight them. So everything you're doing, it's like when you are fighting a wild battle, it's not like they, like, were forced on you. It's like you chose to be there. And that makes it so much more enjoyable because you're, you're doing something that you chose to do. And they just give you rewards for, for doing different things. Like, they made it rewarding, too. Yeah. If you want to fight, like, wild Pokemon, if you want to catch off a Pokemon, they made that really rewarding. But if you don't, like, that's totally viable, too. And there's nothing to stop you from doing that. And that makes, like, you know, everyone's journey just gets to be that much more an expression of what they want out of the game and out of Pokemon. And that's, like, what that's what I love about it. That's what I love about those games just in general. Like, they're all about making those personal choices and, like, picking your Pokemon, raising your Pokemon the way that you want to raise them. And it, it just, yeah, makes all that easier. It, like, elevates those, you know, those, those important choices, the ones that really matter, that people really care about, that make the game stick with you, that make you fall in love with it. Those are, like, so clear and present and always what you're thinking about. And all the other bullshit stuff, like grinding, doing stuff that's boring, getting through this encounter, whatever. Whatever it is that you don't like about Pokemon, like, that just falls to the wayside. You don't even have to see it anymore if you don't want to. And that's just, like... yeah. Amazing! It's so good. Yeah, I really hope the new games like use some of the systems because I I, I, think, I hope so too. Yeah, yeah, I think that makes it way better. Has there been any uh, overarching design things that you've had in your head for years that you wanted them to introduce that you feel like would improve the game? Yes, I mean, like for a long time, I've been talking with friends about this for a while. Where like it'd be really cool for Pokemon to have like an open world kind of structure. Breath of the Wild is like would be a really good example. Just like that, that feeling of like, oh, like, I can go in any direction, and like you know, different yeah. regions of the world have different Pokemon in them, but there's not like a linear like uh, progression, like which gyms to beat in which order. Um, that that kind of thing, or that that kind of structural change, I think would be really interesting. Um, or like, yeah, if it was like an MMO, like an online RPG. Not that I love those types of games in general, but I do think like there's a lot about that kind of structure that would just fit with Pokemon so well, and like it really it's really that open exploration thing that I think would be cool. But having said that, these new games actually hit, like, I think they come really close to doing, like, they, they're they had a really good balance, basically, where there is kind of a linear order, but once you get past the first couple of gyms, like, you can do a lot of the game in any order. When I played, I skipped the middle, like, five gyms, and I went right to Cinnabar Island, 
and like fought Blaine way under leveled, and that was like so much fun, and it felt so game breaking. But like they let you do it, and it just made it so cool. Like that's the kind of stuff I love when you can kind of like go anywhere, do anything. So and and like more importantly, I think like the changes to like catching and, and naming and organizing all that kind of stuff. They kind of make it so that you like you have a really personalized experience with your Pokemon. You really do get to choose like what you do, where you go, and what like who you fight and when and all that kind of stuff. And that even though like a lot of the world isn't open exploration, I still feel like I'm making like the most important choices that I care the most about. I am actually choosing to do like when and how I want to do them. So the fact that the location is fixed doesn't really matter because the location is really what like like makes a difference in Pokemon games, right? Like. I could be walking in a straight yeah. line, but what makes it cool is like the different Pokemon I see and and the trainers and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you associate the Pokemon to the route or like the the, the some, some of the trainers that are iconic to, to a route or yeah. in that area. Like you don't really recognize the environment, more just like what is in the environment, yeah. the content to that. Yeah, yeah, those gameplay decisions and that's yeah, like those are what's elevated and that's what, yeah, I, I I love it. I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, I, you can take Omega Ruby then with you. I feel like I have to ask you the important question, which is, who is your favorite Pokemon? Oh, gosh. Um, right now, I'm pretty into Primate or Mankey. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I think they're great. I also really love Gengar, but everyone loves Gengar, so it's not really an interesting choice. But Gen- yeah, I will admit, I have a Gengar in my team. Yeah. Gengar is amazing. I, I used to, He was like my favorite one to use back when I was um, like doing more competitive Pokemon play. Because he has really, really interesting move sets that he can do. Um, but as far as like just like classic designs, I love Primeape. I also really like Kecleon. He's like a chameleon from Ruby and Sapphire. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could start ranking. Like, I love a lot of them a lot, so I could probably list them for a long time. But I'll, I'll stick with those like three-ish. <laughs> Who, who who so who would be the starter you would choose for Omega Ruby? Oh, I really like Blaziken. <laughs> oh, no, Jesus! <laughs> I like all, I like all three, but I really like Blaziken, and I know that he's not like not the cool choice or whatever. You know, not the one that everyone. Loves. Well, he is the cool choice. Sorry. I feel like that's the problem. Yeah, he's, he's a little too normy. Yeah, he's not like interesting, but I do like him. I love his fucking kung fu moves. I love that he he kicks. I love that he's like a chicken. I don't know. Like he's he's a he's a fire chicken that has that does kung fu. That is pretty cool. I don't know how it's just why it's happened that he is not cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I I do really like him. In my private moments, I think about Blaziken. You know, like that's he's he's I love oh. him. Okay, okay. Well, you and Blaziken can have some fun uh, in the Hoenn region. I'm still unsettled and unsure as to whether I will allow Pokemon uh, for you to physically interact with. But we'll, we'll stew on some, that some more as we talk about the next game on this list. So let's listen to some, some wonderful music from the soundtrack to this next game. I feel like this is the game we're going to talk about because we're going to talk about this series in general. But the most recent release for this series is an incredible experience. So let's listen to some great music. Let's, of course, dive straight into it. (laughs) 
So jumping into the next game on Greg's list, and uh, what Greg initially put down for this was Tetris. Brackets. Effect. <laughs> so obviously we can talk a little bit about Tetris, but the most recent re- release for a Tetris game was on November 9th of this year. Uh, it was Tetris Effect, which was a game published by Enhance, which is the wonderful Tetsuya Mizuguchi's new company. Uh, produced by a good friend of mine here in Japan called Mark McDonald, alongside Mizuguchi-san. Um, it was the it's the it's Tetris, but in VR, and you can play it without VR, but you you should play it in VR. It's this incredibly music beautiful merging in only a way that Mizuguchi-san can do. It is a delightful visual for the eyes, but it is just Tetris uh, with some cool gameplay things, but. I feel like if we're going to talk Tetris, Greg, it's what you've chosen. Tell me which version of Tetris you will be taking and why Tetris. Um, I do think, I think if I was going to bring one, I would bring Tetris Effect. And my reasoning really is just kind of like with the last two. It's really just like, well, it's the newest one. It has the most stuff in it. So if I'm going to, yeah. if I'm going to play it for the rest of my life, I may as well bring the one that has just the most crap in it. That's the biggest file size. <laughs> because like every, every little concession I make, like you know, like one less level or whatever is gonna. I, I feel like I feel like I would be really angry at myself. Like fifty years from now, I'm on a desert island. I'm like, why didn't I bring the Tetris that had like you know the, the extra stuff in it? You know, I could have had like one more song to listen to or something. So <laughs> that's that's basically my reasoning. But okay, there's a few games on my list actually. This is true for. This is the first one. This is true for. I haven't actually played Tetris Effect. So <laughs> <gasps> okay, okay, I okay. I don't, I don't have a PlayStation. So, like, I, um, I've, I played, okay, well, it's a bit of a, it's a fib, because I played a little bit at a, like, at a party at a friend's house. So I played, like, oh, okay, I okay. played, like, 15 minutes of it, like, in a crowded room, but I don't really feel like I've had the, like, I haven't really gotten to sit down and, you know, like, intense, like, v, definitely not VR experience with it. I imagine that it's really good. From what I've seen, from the little bit i played, it's really good. It's very good. Yeah. It's very good. And, I mean, I love music. I love like I love like music games. I love like interesting implementations of that. But I think the most important aspect of it is that it is Tetris, and Tetris is like the perfect game. It will never be. There will never make a better game than Tetris. I don't think. So I yes. One way or another, I need to have some iteration of Tetris with me. Like I'm I'm gonna play Tetris. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it is almost the. I say it is almost the. I mean, it is the most perfect deserted island game. Yeah, it might just be. I think it is. Just like I'm, it's, it just, it's just so perfect. It's so neutral. It's like no matter what I'm feeling, no matter what my day is, or what I want. I don't know. I just feel like Tetris would just fit in. Like it would just fill my time with beautiful puzzle pieces, <laughs> clicking together and playing lines forever. It is definitely tied up there with like Minecraft. Is kind of the this will just go on forever, we can do whatever we want, kind of thing. But in a very different way, this is more like addictive, I just want to keep playing and get better, whereas Minecraft is, I have this creative space in which I could do whatever I want for an eternity. Yeah. I I find that one thing that I like about Tetris more than Minecraft too is that it's like, like, like Tetris is so, it's so simple. There's just nothing about it to suggest, like, like even Minecraft to me, and I, I thought about putting Minecraft on my list as well, um, but like, like I played a bit of Minecraft and I actually feel like there's so much, mm, I don't know, what am I getting at? Like I, I did get a bit tired of Minecraft and like, I think it, there's something about it. There's something exhausting about even Minecraft that Tetris just doesn't have. 
because Tetris is yeah. just so simple. Like, it doesn't suggest anything to you. It doesn't suppose anything. Like, it, it's just, like, yeah, I don't know. It's a game for, for any time, anywhere, any feeling. Like, it's, it's like, the game. It's Tetris. it is pretty much as simple as that isn't it it's as simple as tetris is it is tetris it it can infect your mind yeah it's scientifically proven in a study called tetris effect really um so it would entirely be appropriate for you to take the game tetris effect with you yeah yeah, and, and I'll give you I'll give you the VR headset as well, so you can you can you can enjoy it to its full experience. Thank you. Okay, that sounds great. Yeah, I actually think yeah. Well, I think I was gonna need the VR headset for at least one of the other games. I think if I remember correctly. So I probably was gonna ask for it anyway, yes. but I'm I'm glad that I have it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to deny you the experience of which Tetris Effect at its full like optimal prime settings i feel would be it would be a crime for me not to do that people will be screaming at me for not allowing you to have the vr for this I'm, have you have you played it do you have it i have it okay oh, cool. I, I i don't i don't own psvr but i have played tetris effect in vr and i own tetris effect yeah gotcha okay and it is like tetris effect is an incredible game it is so zen and fantastic but it's like on another level when you play it in vr oh man okay yeah that sounds great i'm very thankful i do have to shout out mark who is the producer on test effect did actually give me a code for the game to play so thanks mark thanks mark that's so sweet (laughs) thanks mark yeah oh hi mark thanks mark (laughs) (laughs) but we should move on to the next game then which is a wonderful uh game that hasn't appeared on the show for a while um, I feel like m- myself, this would be an appropriate game to take to a deserted place. I may have even chosen to take it when I've done the first year anniversary of the show episode, but I can't remember. My memory is failing, and that's why maybe I need some creative splash <laughs> that this game can provide. So let's listen to some very adorable Mario music, and let's jump into the next game on Greg's list. Jumping into the next game on Greg's list then is a game developed by Nintendo EAD, published of course by Nintendo. It's produced by original Mario uh, sort of co-creator, uh, Takashi Tezuka, uh, designed by Shigafumi Hino. It was uh, composed of course by Koji Kondo and has delightful elements of every single Mario you could imagine. It is published for the Wii U and it's the uh, side-scrolling platform game that is also a game creation tool that you can design your own Mario levels in. It is the dream that is Super Mario Maker. I adore this game so much. Uh, quote, game. So, Greg, 
as a game designer yourself, I can see why you would take it for that element. But why specifically the tool that is Mario Maker? Um, well, okay. So going back to thinking too much about this, I wasn't sure. <laughs> like most of what I actually do most of the day is make games. Like that's like my favorite thing to do. And I wasn't yeah. sure yeah, me too. if I was going to have access to that on this desert island. I assumed... No, you would not. Okay. Right. So I'm really glad that I picked this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, because yeah like Mario Maker really is just like the coolest game editor thing that I know about and it is it is a game too like it's really fun but like it um, it's one of those things that yeah like I, a game that I feel like I could sit around and just play forever I love their little editor I love being creative in it and yeah like I just like making levels in, in, in Mario Maker so I, I'd be happy to just do that forever I think I think like the the like if I'm like the, the the aspect of making levels, like like Mario Maker, like kind of gets me to the part of game making that I, I think I like the most, where you kind of just like have all the pieces, you know the capability and range of everything, and you just get to put pieces down and, and play with them and see what fits together and try to make something interesting. Like you know, you have kind of like the box, and then you're you're being creative inside your box. Like that's that's kind of the part that I have the most fun with. Um, yeah. So like. Yeah, I mean, if I if I wasn't trying to like make a living or something, I feel like Mario Maker probably would be pretty satisfying to me. You know, like I could just do that instead of doing my actual work because it, it really like well replaces what I actually love about like my day job. Um. There is like also not the uh, the <laughs> there's the not fighting with technology uh, aspect to it. Where, yeah. You know, you know when you're trying to design games and you're trying to implement something and you're just fighting against either your like computer or the engine or like photoshop or whatever and you're like god damn i just want to see how this looks yeah i just want to just want to try this and and test it yeah whereas like mary rank is like press play boom it works oh wow i can i can this is great this is so cool yeah yeah i love that feeling um and i guess i'm glad too that i have an internet connection because that means that i have access to like an unfathomable number of mario levels forever literally mario levels upon mario levels forever yeah so it's like even even if i just if i if my choice was like i want to bring a mario game i still feel like this would be the best choice because like there's just so much mario i mean it's not like the best mario but it's a fucking lot of mario and i think like, if i'm on a <laughs> if I'm on desert island forever then i probably would care a lot more about a lot of mario rather than like whether all the mario is as good as the best mario you know yeah yeah it's like di- diminishing returns but uh, you know, there are some talented people out there who will have made some good Mario levels. So for like every 10 shit Mario levels, you're going to have at least one good one. Yeah. Yeah. And tons of hard ones that could like take me all day to play through and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You do seem like a bit of a masochist for like difficult games. Like you want that challenge. I do. Yeah. It sounds like you do. I guess I do. I don't know. I, I, I have like you're a smash one V one, no items guy. So you definitely <laughs> like competition. You want like to breed perfect Pokemon with IVs and to catch them all. And uh, yeah, and oh. you want to play Tetris, you want to get better at Tetris. It, it seems like you have that, that drive to, to be better, like beat, to overcome. I don't know if it's, okay, okay. So you might disagree with me, but I don't think it, okay. I don't think it comes from a place of, like, I don't see myself as an especially competitive person per se. But when I think about like why I like to play those games that way, I think it is more to do with the fact that I, I feel like I'm a purist kind of. Like I, I like Smash, I have this idea of Smash, like, as this really pure, like, element, you know, like, like a hydrogen atom of Smash that's just, like, 
a perfect game of two people like just like playing to their best you know it's like I, like whether i win or lose i just want the game to be good and like that's why i do like stocks and items like that just that to me just feels like the most pure expression of like the aspect of smash that i love and and just with pokemon okay, okay. as well yeah it's like i i love like i love competing at the highest level of pokemon where like I don't know, yeah, all the random noise and, and, and like, I don't know, like, you, you only use moves that are, like, for winning the fight, and, and you're, like, you pick, like, your perfect items, you set up your, your team just right, like, I don't know, like, that, like, it's that, it's that, that feeling, it's, like, that, that pure, clean, like, perfect, perfect <laughs> game moment, like, that's what I'm, that's what I'm here for. And, Optimal. Yeah. And so, I don't, I, and, like, usually, okay, I don't even love hard platformers, like, they actually turn me off quite a bit. But I'm I'm really trying to see myself as like a desert island gamer right now, and I think that if I had like no other um, like commitments basically, if I'm just stuck on desert island, then like I would really much more appreciate the value of like a really difficult like Mario level or whatever it is. Uh, okay, yeah, I can see where you're coming from. Like having that challenge to overcome is something that will be making your brain like tick as well. Yeah, it keeps you keeps you pushing away insanity for a little longer. Yes, yeah. I mean, like, when I... Or might drive you, depending on how hard the level is, it might drive you to in- insanity <laughs> faster. Could, it could. I mean, like, when I <laughs> like when I play really hard levels, like, especially, like, platform levels really activate this for me, where, like, I, I get to a point where I feel, like, it's like I, you know, I die over and over again, and I get to a point where I feel like, okay, like, I see what I have to do to beat this level, but I, you know, the only, the only, the gap between where I am now and what I have to do to beat the level is just like a perfection of execution. Like I have to push the buttons just the right moment. I have to remember everything that's going to happen in order and do it exactly right. And I know that I can do that because I know how to do it. The only difference is that like I just have to play this level like 300 more times. And on the 300th try, I'll finally do it right. Like I'll, I'll play the times that I finally get it. And when I see that, yeah. when I see that, I get really frustrated because then it starts to feel like just I'm wasting my time, basically. Like, I don't I don't really feel like... Like, when I finally get past that hump, I don't really feel, like, the relief. Like, oh, like, I did it. Yes, you know, I, I usually just kind of feel, like, exasperated. Like, okay, like, finally I got through that, like, you know, this pointless waste of time challenge. You know, like, I, 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 yeah. I have a hard time, like, really appreciating the difficulty sometimes with that kind of stuff. But if I'm on a desert island and I don't have anything else to do, then I think my my patience for that kind of thing, I think would go up quite a bit. Because, yeah, at its heart, like, what's really bothering me about those kinds of games is that I have, yeah, the feeling that I'm wasting my time, that, like, I'm not using my time constructively, or that, like, you know, I'm doing something repetitive when I could just be doing something else that's interesting and, and novel. So, yes, I do think I would be a hard-level player, but only in this very specific context that you forced me into. Yeah. Okay, so it's more like I'm driving you towards that path. I'm driving you to the path of darkness. Yes. Oops. <laughs> well, that's the point of the show, right? Yes, I, I guess. Yeah, I guess it is. I put these people in these situations. Otherwise, it would be all for naught. Yeah. But going back to like Mario Maker's like intent, expressively intended purpose, which is to make levels. When the game originally came out, did you? find yourself stepping away from Game Maker for a little while to make a couple of Mario levels I, for people to play? Oh, I absolutely did. Actually, it came at a perfect time for me because I was in between two game projects at the time. Like, I, I had my last game had just come out, and Mario Maker was, like, my perfect game to go relax to where I could still feel kind of creative where I didn't know what I was doing. And actually, 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 um, playing Mario Maker is what inspired me to start working on Wonder Song in a big way. 
because I love the level Aww. editor in Mario Maker so much, and I, I started wanting to make a level editor just inspired by that. And like the level that I made was the level editor for uh, Wander Song. So like, it was yeah, like it just I think it came at a really good time in my life and inspired me in like a really like positive way. And it yeah it made me really excited about the idea of making level editors and making tools and like yeah just making creativity kind of like more easy I guess. Because it, it really, like, Mario Maker really shows you, like, how powerful it is to have, like, I don't know, just a really good editor, you know? Like, how, how it's so fun to be creative inside Mario Maker. And I kind of, like, was missing that in my own game design stuff. But with Wandersong, like, because I had, I had a really good level editor that was inspired by Mario Maker. And it made making the game so much more fun and much more easy and way more creative. Like, I think a big reason why that game came out so creative was because I, like, put so much thought and effort into the, the tools and creation process of it. So thanks a lot, Mario Maker. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. You can take it with you and design even more levels. I'm looking forward to see what you come up with after being stuck on the, the island for a while, Greg. Like, <laughs> what is your sort of, what is your design process for like having been trapped on a, in a huge like Pokemon region for a while? <laughs> what's what's my design process like for making levels after I've been there for so long? Yeah, I'm curious like, too. What, like, are you just, like, writing help over and over again in, like, <laughs> Hatana Mario blocks? Oh, God. I'm almost <laughs> certainly on a bad day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of creation tools, creation tools that we don't even really know about, that we can only guess at, I think it's about time we we, we move on to the next game? Quote? <laughs> game? Have parentheses? Maybe not a game? Um... Because we, we we haven't even tried it yet. I what I love about this is, is sometimes on the show people just are gonna hit and hope that what that something that tickles their fancy will uh, be great. Uh, we're looking and predicting towards the future with this next one. So let's listen to some music from this next game, uh, and let's of course dive straight into it. Am I dreaming? Or am I awake? Francis, you think the Thornbeaks are out here? The old fears. They still haunt me. Hold on, Lanswing! We're coming! That I'm on a train to nowhere. You are the driver, sir. When I awake, Will I face the worst parts of myself? I need to listen to that quiet voice calling me. That need to make something again. We'll make it. Me and you. So jumping into the next thing, the next game, sandbox game, uh, it's developed by Media Molecule. No, it's not Little Big Planet. It was published by Sony Interactive Entertainment uh, for the PlayStation 4, and it is scheduled to be released in 2019. Although there was a public beta that was released earlier this year, in 2018. I don't know, Greg, if you tried I it. I did not. <laughs> okay, okay, so we really are going out and hitting uh, and hoping here. 
the game puts focus on play, create, and share. So the idea is that you can design your own game. Like, not even, like, levels like Mario Maker, where you were intently expressed with developing Mario levels. Dreams is... This tool where Media Molecule equating the, uh, quoting that you could just make any game. If you want to make a first-person shooter, you can. If you want to make a platformer, you can. If you want to make a puzzle game, you can. Very much in their kind of weird, dreamy style, to use a good pun. Um, but Dreams is not out yet, and we don't know. So, Greg, come on, you've got some explaining to do here, sir. <laughs> Well, I can bring I can bring it, right? I mean, we're we're allowing you. You can bring it. Well, what's going to happen is you're going to go, and then I'm going to send it like in a bottle that, and it's going to wash up <laughs> upon the shores somewhere in the Hoenn region, and then you will stumble across it someday once it's released. That sounds like an amazing way to discover a new game, actually. So I'm I think it's worth it yeah. just for that, just just to have that moment. Like I'm excited, actually. Um, they don't have they don't have a like they don't have like a definitive uh, release date yet. So you're gonna sort of be like, oh, maybe it's like July of 2019. Now I've marked in like my sand calendar on the beach. Uh, I I wonder if like the bottle's gonna have shown up yet. Is Liam gonna have sent it yet? Um, so you you might be wandering around for a while, but once you finally got it, what it what are you expecting? Why are you taking it with you? Um, I mean, everything they promote about it is something that I really, really am excited about. At least, and the idea of like, yeah, I mean, I love making stuff. <laughs> like I said, like making <laughs> games is like what I actually do most of my time, most of my days. So yeah, um, I think like everything about it just sounds really exciting as a tool to just create things, and not even necessarily games, but hopefully games as well. I mean, I so I have Mario Maker with me, and I think Mario Maker is a really good safe choice because I've played it, I know I like it. And I think that I can get a lot out of Mario Maker, but I had to do the Hail Mary and bring this one along too because it seems like on basically every like meter that Mario Maker succeeds on, this game is all about doing that and then ten times further, you know. So like, and yeah. and it still counts as a game. Most importantly, like if I could bring like you know just like editing software like Game Maker or something, right? Like I would. I yeah. Would... Can I just have Game Maker? No, it's good. Game is a title, but it's not a game. Yeah. So I and I accept that like that's 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 a very good fair rule but I think this game is my best chance to kind of like fudging around the rules which I really was trying to do because again I thought about this way too much I think dreams would be like a really really good creative tool though it seems awesome like it has music in it it's got like some kind of 3D modeling aspect to it it's got level design yeah. in it and there's like ways to like do kind of storytelling and writing in it um, yeah I mean it just seems amazing. The only, like, and, like, I, actually, you know, I think when it comes out, I probably am not, well, one, I don't have a PlayStation 4. I don't have a VR headset. And, like, I also, you know, just with, with all these creative games, you know, I play them and I always get a lot out of them, but then I always have to stop because I need to, like, actually make my own games to, like, make a living and stuff, you know? But I think I actually could appreciate games way more in a context where I don't have any, like, games to work on a release. So I can actually just appreciate the quality of their tools and not worry about the fact that, like, the things they make can't even leave their little environment or sandbox, you know? And yeah, oh my god, if I have an, yeah. if I have an internet connection, then I can just play other people's stuff all day. So really... You can. Yeah, like I have like basically infinite Mario levels and now infinite just like random dreams creations that I get to play with forever. That's <laughs> a pretty big win as far as Desert Island gaming goes. 
It does. Hopefully it doesn't suffer from being too complex that the games people are making are few and far between because a lot of them are just trash. And then you'll have like some good creators who stick with the tools and then get used to them and then can make good games out of it. Because it feel, it does feel like from what I've seen so far that this is going to be like, this is going to have to have like a hardcore community of people who are going to help other people get used to it. Because it does seem like it's got like an, an overbearing amount of content in it. Totally. You know, I have to say, like, I I really love, um, like, low-quality, unfinished, like, novice games in general. Like, when I was coming up learning Game Maker, like, you know, like... You I, will love me. Yes. <laughs> awesome. I mean, I will, I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you my games after for, to, for you to play then. <laughs> yeah, you should. I mean, I, I find them charming. Like when I and like when I was coming up like uh, of age like on the game maker forums like all I did was just play other people's like rough unfinished games like people who were making the yeah. first game all that kind of stuff like I think those games have a certain kind of charm to them I actually do enjoy that kind of I mean if what I really would love and I know I won't be allowed to do is like if I could play people's like dreams and like give them comments on it and like you know like give them encouragement and tell them what I liked about it and like give them ideas for their next thing you know like that would be the most exciting thing to me. Um, I guess that's probably yeah, not allowed. You could... Is it allowed? I mean, I don't know. Uh, well, we got two stipulations. One, you can't be named Greg. You can't be you. Can't be Greg, creator of Wonder Song Greg. Because <laughs> then people people will know that you've been banished to a deserted island, and then they'll come like to arrest me uh, or something. I see. Okay, that's that's what you're worried about. But as long as and I'm, two, I'm well, I'm also I am also you know. I'm giving you eight games. That's very kind of me. Eight games is expensive in this day and age, so I want you to be stuck on that deserted island. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. So I, I understand that, but as long as I don't just like, as long as you're not putting like yeah, yeah no as long as you're not putting the coordinates for the Hoenn region in, so no, like people can't come with a boat or like a helicopter to rescue you. It's okay. Right. Okay, well then, yeah, like, I, I, I'm, I'm definitely happy to agree with those rules. You know, if that, if that makes it so I can comment on, on stuff, because I would love to do that. Like that to me, um, yeah, <laughs> I just love, I just love playing people's stuff. I love talking to people about making their stuff, and I feel like that game is going to be all about that too. So, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. You know, I hope it's, I hope it's great. You know, even, even if it ends up being I, I, disappointing, <clears throat> I think for my purposes on this desert island, I, I feel like it's basically made for me you know, in that situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope so. I hope so too. I, it's, we don't have many good video game studios in the UK. So I want my, my UK brethren <laughs> to, uh, to be successful. A media molecule makes some crazy things like tear away was such a beautiful, wonderful game. In yes. fact, tear away a lot of wonder song, wonder song reminds me of tear away actually mm. visually. Yeah. Um, it's so I would like I would like those guys to get a win. I yeah. mean, it seems like Sony have a lot of faith in them. So yeah, uh, seriously, they've been they've been delayed so many times and working for so long. Like just just, yeah. just just for that reason too. Like I guess okay. When sometimes when games have really long development cycles, it makes me nervous because it feels like it might be going through tumult or like you know changing really drastically or have some kind of management yeah. difficulty. But with they, dreams, they've I, not been able to. Yeah, cohesively keep it together. Yeah, yeah. But I think dreams. I I have a lot of faith that like the the like they're just doing something that just seems so ambitious, and I completely believe that it took that long to make something of like the standard of quality they yeah. wanted without changing its core or like losing direction in a serious way. You know, like I feel like that game has always known what it's going to be, always known what it wants to be, and it's always been going in the right direction. Like I, I have faith in that. 
And I feel like at the end of the it five feels years, like, it's going to be something good. Yeah, it feels like they, they always had this idea and they were just like, okay, now we have this core bit. Yeah. We can expand upon this and we're going to keep going until it's like the ultimate tool, the ultimate game tool yeah. thing for people to use on a console, but to make games. Yeah. I think it's a, There's really, a really beautiful vision. Sorry, go, sorry, go I ahead. I just think it's a really beautiful vision. That's all. I, I, I have so much respect. Um, like I, I love the idea of putting creativity in the hands of players, just like having that kind of respect for your audience yeah. Yeah. to give them tools to make things. I, I love that so much. And I, I really respect what they're doing, how they're doing it. And yeah, I, I'm just really excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> there is a really good I don't know if you've seen this but there is a really good uh, 100 is it 100 questions by Game Informer like quick fire 100 questions for Mark uh, Healy uh, uh, the, the the director of the game there's 100 questions just rapid fire at him about dreams and he answers so many questions about uh, dreams and it gives you a better idea of, of sort of what it's going to be what the core concepts are you should check that out if you haven't it's oh, very okay. insightful about this game cool yeah uh, it's by game informer yeah it's good it's real good i'm intrigued to see how it turns out but until then you're gonna have to wait because it means you're going to the deserted island with five games because there's another game on this list that you're also going to hit and hope with <laughs> um it's kind of a more safe bet than dreams i feel uh but the way nintendo's changing things these days who knows uh, but you are going to go there with five games, and until we get to the other game that you're going to sort of hit and hope with, we have to talk about the next game on this list. And it is a game that's appeared on Final Games before. It's a game that interests me insanely because I've never played it, but the stories I hear about it are just insane. Um, so let's listen to something because there's barely any music attached to this game either. Oh, I really uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's listen to some something and let's of course dive straight into it into or mining our way into the next game on this list it's a game that hasn't been on final games before and has some incredibly inc incredible stories attached to it it was developed by tarn adams it started development like in 2005 it's been going for like oh well over like 13 years now it's like a construction management simulation roguelike game um that released for windows mac uh, linux and everything under the sun it's published by Bay 12 Games. It is officially called Slaves to a Monk, God of Blood, Chapter 2, Dwarf Fortress. Or just shortened to Dwarf Fortress. And it is, as I said, construction and management simulation, part roguelike indie video game. It's been around for a while. Mm -hmm. It's got some stories. Mm -hmm. But Greg, mm -hmm. 
why why dwarf fortress uh okay well um i'm really i'm worried that you're gonna be upset with me liam because you've never played it. i haven't played it <laughs> <laughs> no i like this i like this i like this because i am the same yeah i've never played it mm-hmm. but i've had people on the show choose it before and every time they have some sort of story or something that has sparked my interest again in why I should play this game. Right. So I'm intrigued to know, just the same as me, why you want to play and why you would risk one of your very rare eight spots, one of the eight spots, to take it with you. I Well, so I have I have a couple, really one friend I'm thinking of who actually does play the game, and he plays it like, like kind of regularly. And he has amazing stories about it. Like, it really sounds like an amazing experience. But, I mean, yeah, I was really nervous about putting this on my list, too. Um, again, because I thought about this a lot. But I think what kind of what, what pushed it over the edge for me was when I realized that, okay, like, this game is really unique from anything else I can think of. And that this game is the product of, like, one person putting just so much thought and time into this game and all that thought and time, like, like none of it, like, this game hasn't had a major change in direction since it started. It hasn't, like, been optimized like crazy. It doesn't have, it doesn't even have graphics. It doesn't have sound. It's got nothing, right? These entire, yeah. the entire time it's been worked on, the only thing the people working on it have been thinking about is just how to put more stuff into it. Like, how to add more situations, how to make this more interesting just for what it is. And if I'm bringing this, like, I'm bringing games to a desert island, I feel like there's no better candidate in existence than a game that has that kind of attention put to it. Because in the long run, like, I'm not going to really care so much about how the games look or how they sound or anything. I mean, okay, I will, but, like, you know, what... You made a game that was all about that. Yeah. <laughs> I, a lot of my... None of my all-time favorite games were on this list. Like, like the games that... Like, I, I love games for their stories and, and for their colors and sounds. But if I need some, I need what I need right now is not games with really good stories. I need games that are going to occupy me and give me something to think about for really long like time. So in that sense, I think Dwarf Fortress is like the best choice that someone could make, just based on what I know about its development and and scope and style. You know, like it's a game that's yeah, nothing yeah. but just like more details, more things, more interactions, more things to discover. Like even if I, I pure gameplay systems, pure gameplay systems. I feel like, from my understanding, like I could actually play Dwarf Fortress for the rest of my life and still never see like the end of it. You know, like I would always see new things, and like that's really all. That's what I need. Like, like for for I mean, in, on one, in one sense, it's a huge risk because yeah, I don't know anything about it. On the other hand, it's like <laughs> it's exciting. What better What better way to learn this kind of game than to have nothing else to do, right? Like that's part of what makes it an obstacle. Is that I know there's a really huge like. Uh, you know, like hump to get over to actually figure out how to play the dang game. But if I have an infinite amount of time, you know, even if we don't have strategy guides, like I feel like I would have, I would have to have the patience to finally get through it and figure out what this thing's all about. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I feel, I feel really good about this as a choice, actually. And I mean, yeah, if it's a dud, like I think you've got some other good games on the list, so like it's not a total loss. But I think, I think this one is a really good bet. I think this one's like a really, really good choice for one of my eight. That's why. Has there been like a specific story someone has told you that you have been like, oh my god, um, that is that is why I need to play this game. I I've heard some amazing ones, and I I I could try to recall them, 
but I honestly think I, I wouldn't remember the details very well, and I would probably just end up making it worse. So <laughs> I would say just okay, in, would insert say. your own Dwarf Fortress Google search for like a really cool story, and, and you'll you'll have the right idea, right? But yeah, yeah, we we both need to play this, don't we? Yeah, it does feel like that. We need to ste- we need to step away from Smash for an afternoon, <laughs> or like a week. And yeah, it feels like a to week. be able to. Well, I think what I need <laughs> yeah. to do is be thrown onto a desert island where I have no choice but to play this game. And then, well, sir. Then my values well, will be adjusted quite, quite extremely. Well, don't I have good news for you? <laughs> <laughs> well, you can take Dwarf Fortress with you, and I'm intrigued to hear back from you. Uh, you can write in like one of the dreams comments. And be like, hey, Liam, <laughs> here's my my Dwarf Fortress review after playing it for 20 years. <laughs> here's my 100 page essay on Dwarf Fortress and every unique system in it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can take Dwarf Fortress. I'm very intrigued to see when you finally play it, Greg, for us all to find out how you felt about it. And you're like, God damn, either you're going to be like, this is the best game ever, or you're going to be like, why did I waste my precious one of the eight spots for final games on this game? <laughs> but speaking of, like, you know, trying to uh, guess the future... <laughs> And I hope that a game will turn out to be good. We should move on to the next game. So let's listen to some adorable music, as always, with this series. And let's, of course, dive into the second to last game on Greg's List. So jumping into the next game on Greg's list. It's a series that has been going since the early 2000s now. It, it feels weird because this series still feels fresh as a Nintendo franchise, but has become like a staple for so many people who are like under 25 for like most of their life now because it's been around in Japan since it became Dobutsu no Mori for the Nintendo 64. And then obviously we started with the GameCube version. And then we've had, you know, subsequent versions on the GameCube, the DS, the Wii, the 3DS, the well, some sort of like spin-offs on the Wii U. And then of course, we have coming to the Nintendo Switch next year, we have a small teaser trailer with Tom Nook looking after the town since Isabel is too busy off finding people in Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah. That, that 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 teaser trailer was so cute by the way. So good. That that poor poor Tom Nook. Like he he's a, He's a bit of a bit of an annoying loser, but you know, I feel bad for him. The mayor is out and Isabel are out all in Smash, enjoying the their moment to shine, and he's left to pick up the pieces. Um, but Greg, you're choosing Animal Crossing for the Switch. 
Why? That why? <laughs> okay. Um. I. Man. Okay. So I'm gonna be honest with you, Liam. I've only played one Animal Crossing game, and I played it for like 30 minutes, and I didn't even like it that much. <laughs> Just cut, just cut. Okay, we're gonna. <laughs> what is go? What is going on? What? Is, what is happening? This is okay. So you've got some hella reasoning to do here, Greg. Yeah, I I understand that. Um, but okay, so I didn't. Okay, so yeah, I didn't. I played the most recent one. I think it was like Wild World for the 3DS or something like that. And uh, yeah, I didn't fall in love with it. But Wild World is a, like a pretty so-so version of Animal Crossing, so I understand that a little bit. Is it? Okay, okay, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't even know. But okay, okay. So when I, what I realized as I thought about, as I really tried to envision, like, okay, so you mentioned at the beginning of this, right? Like, I, I, my, I went to like a bike trip across America, which you did, yeah, and so an incredible bike trip, five thousand miles. That's quite incredible. Yeah. Um, I did that trip, like, a lot of it was done by myself, uh, but I feel like it gave me a pretty good, I think, I think it gave me a pretty good, like, idea of what the, like, solo desert island experience might kind of feel like. Okay, okay, and, yeah, yeah, I can see and that. And the thing about my bike trip that actually made it the most difficult was the fact that it was really, really lonely, just, like, horribly, like, you know, I mean, he's, and the, the bike trip definitely is different from a desert island thing because at least I was seeing people on the bike trip and it already was horrible. But even like seeing people on the bike trip, like because I was so transient and like anybody I met, I just knew I was going to leave the next day and never see them again. Like it, it made yeah. it really hard to build kind of like long, um, like, yeah, like, like, like build like deep connections with people, which is what I really like thrive on. I think, you know, like a lot of us thrive on. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when, Human connection. Totally. Um, so as I was trying to imagine like what was going to make this desert island thing the hardest, like that's the thing that stuck out to me is like, well, this is what's going to make it like, impo- like this is what is going to make this, yeah, the hardest. Like this is probably what's going to drive me actually insane. So with lack of human connection, I figure my best bet to try to stave off the insane loneliness is to forge deep animal connections with my townspeople in Animal Crossing. <laughs> Like, this is what, this is what people actually love about the games, right? Is that they're like, it's just this nice little town and it feels alive. The characters feel real. You interact with them and you build friendships, friendships with them, right? Like you give them things, you build your house up, you have this little community that you work on. I think there's a lot about the game. Like when I, I really, it feels like a game that I, I should like, that I would like. And I kind of bounced off that one and I, I don't really know, like, I think I basically I think if I gave it more patience, I think I could learn to love it. And I think if I'm in a situation like stuck on Desert Island where like I have nothing else to do, I think I would have to learn to love it. And I think that of any games that I could bring, this one seems really valuable to have because it's like gonna give me some semblance of that just like you know, yeah, human connection. Like some kind of experience, some kind of relationship development and and yeah, along with just all the other stuff. Like it's an infinite game where you can just build forever and collect things forever. Like, it's really rich, and it's meant to be visited on a daily basis. Like, it definitely wants you to spend time with it. And so once I'm in a situation where I need things to spend time with, I think that that would be a really positive relationship to have with the game, basically. <laughs> and yeah, I- it's weird because I feel like there is elements to this game now, the more that I think about it, that would really appeal to you more and more. Like, there are certain 
things that you can optimize and, and, and get the best out of, like getting the best house and, and delivering and paying off your mortgage as fast as possible and all these kind of things that you can enjoy gameplay-wise. But there is that human connection to it. I don't think it's a case of you having to learn to love it. I feel like this kind of game, given the time investment more than 30 minutes, which is like not enough time to soak up Animal Crossing at all, uh, I think I think this game would suit you. Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like that. Yeah, I mean, just based on like what I like in games. Um, and yeah, the reason I picked the newest one is just like the other games I picked, it's like I want just the newest, biggest one with the most stuff in it so that I have the most playtime with it, basically. <laughs> and that's that's the only reasoning I have, really. I, th- I mean, it's a pretty good reason. It's a reason some of uh, people have chosen it before, like that connection to have friends, almost. But But what about the feeling when they leave? Do wait, your animal characters leave? Sometimes, yes. They leave the they leave their town like, they and they don't come back. Ever? Yes. Oh my god. Sometimes sometimes they come back. I mean But for the but that that won't be for a long time. Right. Oh I mean I have the rest of my life. So like even if it's like fifty years or something, like it's gonna come up again, right? God, I feel so bad when people say that <laughs> out loud. I mean, I think I mean, okay, if, I'm, if I really think about it, I feel like that still adds to the, the realism of the game because, I mean, that is how it is in real life, right? I mean, what makes relationships valuable is that they do sometimes have an endpoint that, like, people do go apart or move or, you know, lives do change. So in that sense, I guess... Yeah. I mean, I feel like it, it does... It's probably doing a good job at, like, capturing that, like, really important emotional moment or state in any relationship where, you know, it has to end or something changes fundamentally. Like, I, I, I mean, you know, I guess that, that is too bad that they won't be there forever. But in some ways, maybe that's, like, just as important for me to have as an experience, you know? Like, if, yeah. If I'm, if I'm really, if I'm playing this game for, like, 20 years or however long, right? Like, I think maybe every part of that relationship, all that cycle, like, would be important. And, I mean, other animals would come to take their place, right? Like, it's not like you just like, get your town eventually is empty, right? No, no, yeah. No, you'll always have friends. It's just whether you get attached to one specific friend and then they, they go away. Yeah, that sounds tragic. But, I mean, life is tragic, so... <laughs> I mean, you have to you have to cry as well as laugh, yes, right? Yes, exactly, yeah. Okay, well, I feel like you're going to have fun with this game then. Okay, cool. We have a lot of firsts on, on here. I like it. I, I'm, I'm intrigued to see the... The outcome of your experience, your, not your experiments, but your experiences yeah. with these. Yeah, I uh, I feel like I took a lot of risks, but they all were really calculated risks. Like, it's it's very, yeah. They were, they were, I have, they were very well thought through risks. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it. Well, I'm intrigued to see which animal partner you uh, end up liking the most and, uh, and how heartbroken you're going to be when they leave you. <laughs> uh... <laughs> <laughs> like you're about to leave all your friends and family right now because we have to move on to the final game on your list which means that signals us to uh call latios to over so she can uh fly you to hoen yeah that's sad <laughs> it happened so fast it is <laughs> it has happened so fast it's been such a such a pleasure having you here i've enjoyed this conversation or something I know, yeah can we, can we just go back to the start and like go go over everything again it's been such a pleasure having you greg but it is it's time to move on to the eighth game so let's listen to some wicked squid ass music from this next game and let's of course dive into the final game of final games 
So moving on to the final game on Greg's list then. We're squidding it up a little bit. Um, it is this sort of team-based third-person video game that was released by Nintendo earlier this year, developed by Nintendo EPD in Tokyo. I actually know a few of the people on this team. Um, some very cool people. Yeah, like Yusuke Amano and Jordan Namaro, uh, who's a good friend of mine. Um, it was the sequel to one of the most popular Nintendo IPs of forever. Are you a kid? Are you a squid? Who knows? We're all, we're all, we could all be Octolings now too. Uh, it's one of the best-selling games on the Nintendo Switch, this game, which is incredible considering we have Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Pokemon, and Smash all being on the Switch now too. It is, of course, Splatoon 2, released in July of last year. Greg, the final game you're taking with you is Splatoon 2. Have you played I have, it? I have played this one. Okay. <laughs> whoo, whoo, whoo. Okay, we're safe, we're safe. Yeah, I think about half the games on my list were ones I played, and half were ones I haven't played, which felt like a, a decent mix. That's that's that seems like a decent balance. I like it. It's good. We're we're okay with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Splatoon Two actually is the game I've played the most this year. Um. I think if I play hard enough, Smash might pass it by the end of the month. But in theory, Splatoon Two is yeah. the one I put the most time into. <laughs> um. Nice. Yeah. I like it quite a bit. Uh. It's a really really fun game. I'm not usually so I'm not I'm not like a shooter player at all typically. But Splatoon, like, I, I played the first one as well, and it, it's just, it, it caters so well to, like, novice players that I actually felt that I, I learned the game, like, really well playing how I wanted to play it. I mean, I guess, yeah, I just keep I keep bringing that up. I just really like games that are expressive. I feel like Nintendo does that really well. They give you, like, games that really let you kind of, like, play the way that you want to play and express, like, your, yourself. I feel like it's Splatoon, the like, way you can dress up your character and, like, the choice of what weapon you use really says a lot about your personality and play style and... Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I, I love that so much. Um, yeah, Splatoon 2 is just, like, so fucking stylish and so fun. And I just think it's, like, the most fun that I have playing online competitively with other people, basically. More so than Smash, probably. Especially given, like, what you're saying about, like, regions not, like, uh, like working so well. I mean, I, I... Yeah, it's strange. Because Splatoon 2's online is, like, pretty damn tight. Yeah, well, first-person shooters are a much, much easier, like, technical... Thing to figure out online yeah. you yeah. make a lot more assumptions like smash is about like counting frames which is just i mean impossible like, you can't you can't do that online that's just like never going to translate but splatoon 2 is squishy enough that it, it can totally work and i guess it also gives me that experience of like being part of a team and and fighting together and i really like that aspect a lot you know compared to smash like, i mean it's, it's a different flavor yeah. i guess i like, really i shouldn't be comparing them but it's, it's hard not to because they're like my two like online competitive games but yeah, I think Splatoon 2 is really fun. And the skill thing for Splatoon 2, or just Splatoon in general, is really, really high. Like, I've been playing it a lot, and I'm not even, like... I, I'm, I'm basically nowhere in the ranking. Like, I, I could, I know there's so much more that I could learn with it. So I feel like... Oh my gosh, some of the kids here in Japan. Oh my gosh, yeah. they're so good. Yeah. yeah, so I actually feel pretty confident. Like, there's a lot of games that I've played a lot of that I don't... I You know, like, I, I wouldn't include them because I would feel like... You know, oh, well, I played it a lot, and like I should give my give myself a new experience because I really have actually played this one out to its extent. I don't feel that way about Splatoon at all. I actually feel like there's a lot more I could get from it, like a lot more ground food to cover and learn from it. So I feel pretty confident having it with me on my desert island to just like practice and improve on and yeah, collect all the clothings and and learn all the different weapons and all that kind of stuff. 
Nice. So you m predominantly play online. How have you found the single player for Splatoon? Um, it's okay. It's it's pretty good. I mean, like the online it's serviceable. It's serviceable. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Interestingly, I feel like I enjoyed the single player in the first one a little bit more. Um, I guess because it was shorter. This one I had a lot more just like stuff in it, and not all of it felt as interesting. But some of the levels are really really cool too. Like I, I like. It feels like there's something really interesting there, just like the the paint mechanics and the swimming mechanics and the shooting. Like, there's some there is something really interesting about the game, and it feels like there is like a really good single player experience waiting in there. I don't feel like Splatoon two quite got it, but it does. It is like fun, you know. Yeah. 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 They they definitely tried to go more out with Splatoon two. Uh, I don't know whether the scope then kind of just got a little muddled and they tried too many things and there was a little less cohesion than the first game. Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, I but it's definitely a multiplayer game. Yeah, isn't it, it is. It definitely is. Yeah, and the multiplayer is like why. Yeah, why I want to have it with me. I really love the multiplayer. I mean, yeah, I usually play it with uh, friends. Um, I don't know how much access I would have to that kind of thing if I'm on a desert island. That that's. I mean, you're gonna be playing against randos, but we can't we can't guarantee that you'll uh, be matched against friends because you know that would break the rules. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So that, that, that lowers it a little bit in my view, because playing with friends is kind of like my favorite way to play it, but it is still, there's just a really fun competitive game. And yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe playing without my friends will give me the space I finally need to really bloom and then learn how to actually play Splatoon the way that I want to play it. You know, maybe. Well, there you go. You're going to, you're going to be able to, you're like, you're like good player rank now whereas you need to like a little bit more time on in a deserted hoenn you can be like japanese 10 year old elementary school <laughs> child level yeah which by, which by the way is like a magician really oh my god that's so good dude <laughs> that's so good like robotically good. that's crazy yeah yeah that, yeah there's so much there's so much to it that I, I just like i don't understand yet and i want to in, and in, like, very kid ways, you know, like, as adults, we try and find the, like, optimal way. Like, what's the best weapon? Like, what what can we do to, like, optimally use this? It doesn't matter whether it's fun or not, as long as it's, like, good. Right. You know, like, play a good character because it's good, not because it's fun. Whereas Japanese kids are just, like, they pick a weapon they like, and then it doesn't matter if that weapon's good or not. They will just uh, they will just play it and play it and play it until they're like a master of it, <laughs> and they and then that weapon will seem good whether it's good or not. Uh, I respect that a lot. I mean, that's that's how I feel like I want to play games too. That's I, I play with the roller. I play the classic roller in Splatoon. Um, nice. <laughs> I love it, and I I, I play because I just love it so much. It's so much fun, and yeah, I guess that it made I, I I do actually feel like that is something that might be blocking me from like advancing. Is that like I I don't really have an interest. Like, I don't I don't play mindfully to improve at it i play for fun just to like pass time and like play with friends basically yeah so, that, well that's all that matters yeah that's the that is all that matters it is all that matters until get... until you're locked on a desert island and you have nothing else to do but to play these games and then i think my approach would have to be a little bit different because I, I need some kind of ambition i need something to strive for i need something to build on you know yeah you have to have something yeah I mean, you, you've got a lot of levels to create in Mario Maker, and you have those weird dream pieces that you can put together. You're going to be paying off your debt to Tom Nook in Animal Crossing for a first. That's true. Yeah, I, actually, yeah, maybe Splatoon 2 could stay that way for me. Maybe I won't get better at it. Maybe it'll just be the one that I go back to. to just like Smash can be like your competitive thing, yeah. and then uh, Splatoon can be like your fun breather yeah. that it is now. Yeah, yeah, they, they, actually, yeah maybe it is what I should do. 
because it fits in so well that way for me right now. But yeah, either way, I think it's one I definitely want to have around because I I really like it. Well, I would not begrudge you, and I would allow you to take it. But that means we have come to the end, which means we have to send you on your way. We're going to put you on top of the Latios. The Latios can fly you to Hoenn. Uh, and we're going to drop you somewhere in Hoenn. It doesn't matter what town, right? Do you want to start in the beginning? Like in the player character's house? I guess it doesn't matter because I have so much time. I don't... To explore that region. You have probably picked the biggest deserted place. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's a good call, too. Yeah, there's a lot of space. I'm trying to think um, where I would actually like to a start. Actually, no, I will. I feel like I should start in Slateport City. That's like the port town. It makes the most sense. It's like right on the ocean. So I. Okay, maybe if you go there by boat. Then. Yeah, I mean it's, it's it's also like right in the center. So from there I can kind of like choose which direction to go in, which would. Nice. There you go. Well, we're gonna send you on your way, Greg. It's been so much fun having you here today. Thank you so much for coming and doing this. Sure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was it was fun to talk about. <laughs> It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed all of these games and the reasoning you had behind them. Uh, guests who overthink it are the best guests. So thank you so much for that, Greg. Um, but before you go, I have to ask you one last question, which is the same question I ask all my guests. Uh, we talk about games on Final Games. They're important. But also what's important is like the way we play games, like consoles and stuff like that. I feel like the experiences we have, the memories we tie to like the Super Famicom or the PlayStation 2 are really important too. So if you can only take one console with you, Bearing in mind, like, everything to do with it, the controller, like, the interface, and, like, the, the back catalog. Uh, you can't choose PC because that breaks everything. That just breaks everything. <laughs> um, but if you could only choose one console to take with you, what would you take? Uh, oh, no. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, no. Um, it's really, I mean, okay, like, it's really hard for you not to say my Switch. Because the Switch, the Switch is like far and none my favorite console ever. Yes, mine too. I think, but, it's so but good. yeah, you just you mentioned back catalog, and that gives me some pause because um, the Switch's back catalog isn't super deep, and if I can only bring one console with me forever, it's getting, it's deeper. getting deeper. Yeah, I mean, it has so many good like indie games, like uh, this one game called Wonder Song. <laughs> I, I don't know if you don't know if you played it. Uh, I've heard about it. I hear it sucks. I don't know. Um, <laughs> really? I heard I heard different, dude. I heard different. You're reading, like, parts of the internet you shouldn't be reading <laughs> if you hear that. No, I actually never heard that. Um, I think, okay, wait, so if I can, if I, if I bring my Switch and I'm still getting new games for it, then yeah, definitely the Switch. Yeah. Because they have the, okay. they okay. have the NES console thing on there, too, so, like, in theory, the back catalog, like, it's gonna have a lot of just, like, random old games on there, too. So I can feel good about that choice. Yeah, if I bring my Switch, it's my Switch. Okay, well, you can take your Switch with you then, nice. and we can send you on your way, which means it is finally time for you to go, Greg. Goodbye. So please tell the wonderful listeners before you leave, before you jump on Latios or get on a boat, uh, where they can find you on the internet if you want them to come uh, bother you. <laughs> and also, like, I, I believe there is this Switch PC game that they should be checking out that you released earlier this year. Uh, yes, it's true. So my website is greg.style. I'm on Twitter at thebanov, B-A-N-O-V. Um, and I launched a game called Wandersong this year. Uh, it's on Nintendo Switch and PC and Mac. It's on Steam and the Humble Store and itch.io. And yeah, all kinds of places. It's good fun. So yeah, if you, if, yeah, if you like good games, you should check it out. 
yes yes if you do like good games you should check it out if you like games in general go check <laughs> it out it's a great game and everyone should play it it's fantastic thank you so, thank much. You so much to greg for coming on this episode it's been so much fun and thank you so much to you guys for listening to this episode of final games as always you can find final games on soundcloud on itunes on stitcher on acast on all those other weird places where podcasts get referred to from rsss links so thank you so much for listening you can find me on twitter at liam bme and also you can find the show at final games show but thank you and until the next time where we desert another random games industry member to a deserted island with only eight games thank you for listening to this episode thank you so much to greg and until then goodbye goodbye